Hello, and welcome to the Charge Down. Um, Pro 14, we're going to look back at last week's games really quickly. Um, we had Leinster versus Ulster and Connacht versus Munster. Um, we'll start off with Leinster Ulster. Um, not a convincing win, but a, a win's a win uh, for Leinster. Um, that was convincing in the end. Yeah, there was around 20 minutes there in the second half where things just we see it was 13 nil at half time okay yeah we were utterly dominant no question of ulster coming back in my mind based on how the first 40 went and then like all, all of a sudden i feel like whatever we're doing and it's only two match trends so it's, it's hardly like you can hardly base a whole like opinion off it but it just feels like we're we're too relaxed in in a comfortable lead and that allows the opposition back in. I understand that it's impossible to play at top level for 80 minutes, and the other team will inevitably have like some kind of purple patch or whatever, but it just twice in a row now I get the sense that the other team started dominating where I feel they shouldn't, particularly in the Monster match where Neil G'd me up for the <laughs> 6-2 split on the bench. I thought, all right, here comes the real dominance. And then Munster just seemed to get this flash of energy out of nowhere. It was kind of the same in the Ulster match where they got to within yeah, one score and I think uh, we were down on their try line and Neil, I was t- talking to you on the thing and saying like jeez, uh, if they score here like it's worrying worrying times. I, I mean like we did, their, their first starting team was clearly far closer to uh, what I would consider Ulster's top you know, top level. Yeah. Mm. We rotated the whole starting 15, I think. Yeah. Which was... Three, pretty much. I suppose when you put it in that context, actually, <laughs> the fact that the fact that we were 13 over halftime at all is quite miraculous. So, yeah. I, I mean, it was good enough outing. It's good to see, like, young lads, Josh Murphy, say, I wouldn't have seen a whole lot of him getting mm. some time out there. And I think there was one guy who I didn't recognize at all. Oh, Frawley was good, wasn't he? Oh yeah, Frawley. Frawley at twelve was kind of the showpiece of the whole thing. Yeah, I he felt. got man of the match. Yep. Did he? Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a definitely a space into the team. Maybe a either at a sorry, either as a like a ten, twelve, fifteen kind of guy who can cover. Do we want to Madigan him though? <laughs> I don't want to Madigan him. I think he's better. Madigan had a great career. He got a. Two Six Nations, World uh, Cup. two Hiding Cups. Now, I want to carve out a specific role for this individual. Yeah. And just... No, it's not specific if you say, <laughs> yeah, you cover everything in the back line. That's not specific. <laughs> Thank like, you. It doesn't, doesn't work. How, has that ever worked? Yes, and don't Australian. say Madigan. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, maybe ha- maybe in some people's minds that worked. Marquito covered 10, 12. He also uh, played a bit of 10, nine. Ten twelve is fine. I'll accept ten twelve. Anything beyond that starts. Brittany Beale played all across the back line. Like that generation of Aussies had loads of people. Um, James, James O'Connor played in every position except scrum half, I think. Adam and, and, Cooper. And yep. I'll, I'll agree that these players, these players were good, but I think the system within which they were playing was flawed. So I don't know what my point is, but I think I think Australia were underperforming during that whole period where they had these guys moving around. around the back. So I don't know if you can read. I think these were just super players, and that's why they were able to look good from these positions, particularly Kurt Lee Beale. 
Uh, uh, New Zealand play a lot of their tens at fifteen. Well, not a lot of them, but several of them covered. Just Sammy and Mackenzie, I think, is the only one I can think of. Bar, uh, Bart. Bar, Bowden yeah, Bart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bart. But again, maybe less so at Mackenzie, but Bart to me seems like a bit of a. Like he's a kind of a once in a lifetime, Kurt Leveal kind of guy. I know mm. there's four of them. So <laughs> it's 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 weird to say once in a lifetime, but. Uh, Curly Beal's got a lot of love so far. This, this, but he's this good is good guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not saying he's like, considering he's got like um troubles with alcohol, troubles with law, moved didn't abroad. He, didn't came he send back. a load of horrible pictures to someone? Probably. Unsolicited nudes <laughs> yeah. when he was yeah. drunk or something. Yeah, it, it, she was that's like, a, that's a problem with alcohol under that banner. <laughs> yeah. But he, um, he's still got like 90 caps for the, the Aussies. He's good. Yes, and he covers multiple positions. Where where is he now? Actually, I'm gonna just check. I think he's back in Australia. He left Australia. Was he in Japan? Yeah, he's playing for Europe team. Apparently, Europe. No apparently, <laughs> apparently, he's actually at Racing. Oh, I did not know that. It's quite I'm odd. But anyway, I feel like Frawley is better. He deserves more. Like, I don't know. Like, it feels to me like, and I mentioned it two weeks ago about the band aid thing. It feels like. <laughs> Having someone like that is just like, okay, you're a band-aid. You will go where we need you, when we need you, rather than saying, all right, you're going to be here week in, week out, and you're going to craft, hone your trade. Like, I thought you looked great at 12 there. It was kind of... Yeah, but he would never give him that spot if he kept him in one spot, Dave. True. Okay, so let's just let's just throw him in at nine then and see how it goes. <laughs> sure. We should have done that with Madigan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could have been cool, actually. But, but yeah, but, no, but, um, to me at twelve, he um, he seemed to be able to do it all. Sort of, it, it felt like every option was available to him, and I feel like that really stood up the defense. In that, yeah, they found it quite difficult to predict what it was he was going to do, which I feel like bought him an extra half second a lot of the time, like because he could could have done anything. Sometimes, like he was feigning to kick, and then would try to pass or crash. He was even crash balling a bit, which is kind of cool. Like he's it's not that big, but. Uh, yeah, it just felt like that. And his, he obviously has the natural ball playing skills of being a 10 at heart. Mm. So, yeah, I'd like to see more of that definitely going yeah. forward. Mm. Offer something different than the other 12s in our squad. Yeah, I mean, Henshaw... Uh, as, you said, as you said, like the ball playing 12, which yeah. a lot of people said is like the way forward, but only very few teams actually do it. England do it. Well, I can't think of any uh, any other good team that does. Munster <laughs> have tried it quite a bit with Scannell, haven't they? Yeah, but they, that's the idea. But they don't really use them as a ball playing twelve. They crash them up a lot. They don't have the skills to unlock yeah, yeah, the rest yeah. of their, uh, the back line with a ball playing twelve. But he is a ball playing twelve slash <laughs> second ten because he has played both. Classic monster, eh? But um, I suppose we'll just go through the, the well the team what did and say how they did. Make of uh, Ian Madigan's performance uh it was better than last week yeah it was grim though there was a one moment where he very casually tries to take a high ball and just completely whiffs and, oh um, did we get a try after uh i think we got a position on maybe not a try straight away but yeah no i remember i remember the moment anyway he, yeah uh, he was very casual but i feel like i don't know like 99 times out of 100 he probably would have caught that and maybe that's yeah. just the way he goes how do you if that's just the way he looks, how do you not look casual in that situation? Like, should he look nervous? You know, you know what I'm saying. Fearful. I don't know. If he just catches it, there wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> you know, that might just be the way he kind of looks. 
claiming like most uncontested balls. And then mm. most times he probably doesn't drop it. So I, th- I felt like people who were saying about, oh, he kind of was looking cocky or whatever. Mm. Just trying to put the man down when I don't feel that was necessary. Uh, mm. But still, I expect, I, I don't know why I expect more from him. But again, it's like you're taking these guys and putting them in an Ulster team that I don't know can do all that much. You know what I mean? Like True, but they're not doing much of it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's kind of a weird one. Like, like bear in mind, the last time we saw Madigan perform was uh, a long time 2015. Ago. Yeah. 2016. And went to Bordeaux, lost yeah. his first spot there, and didn't play at all near the end of it. Went to Bristol, got them up from the Premiership, played a lot of games, got a lot of points, and then completely dropped out of the first team. Mm. And I he started for Ulster. Did his best, Robbie. Did his best. <laughs> no, I don't think he'll be. Yeah, long, I think I think Burns is the better looking player to me of of the two. But which... like, it's, they'll they'll give him game time. He's he's good to have on the bench at least. Well, he's he's there just to push Burns, I think. But from what I've seen, the 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 better player is obvious to me anyway. Like you know, maybe the co- also coaching team won't see that. Maybe they see more potential in Madigan or something. Bear in mind, Burns been there for a while, so he's used to it. Yeah, and Madigan seems to be coming in at a bit of a slump. Mm. Yeah, also a weird time, so players might react yeah. differently to that sort of stuff. Did yeah. you guys think we did better defending kicks? I remember that was an issue yes. against Munster. Mm. Um, I liked Hugo Keane. He claimed one. Well, he missed a, not missed it, but he didn't get another one. But he he does it the the mechanics of him chasing a kick and contesting a kick is a lot better than than Lamour. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that they were, he, they're actually their techniques quite similar, but Keenan seems to just catch like the way they jump, but and timing similar in size as well. But Keenan just seemed superior. Maybe he's more relaxed. I don't know. Like, uh, what's his face? Lamar, my feel he's in contest for the fifteen shirt and Ireland. I don't know pressure and all that. Whereas Keenan's just the young pretender and nothing to lose. Just go out there and he's older than uh, Lamar. Well, less established player. <laughs> 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 Jesus, that really puts into perspective how young Larmore is. Yeah. Yep, very young. Um, Harry. I thought the team as a whole played well. I don't think anyone played poorly. Yeah, uh, which yep. is good to see, especially when he changed the entire the entire squad. Like so, yeah, but in some ways, it could be better because the Leinster squad that was wasn't training for last week's match basically trained really hard Thursday and Friday, mm. and so they'll be as a cohesive whole. Well, if you're cha- chopping and changing like half the team, you might not get that same cohesion. Like most of the team that played against uh, Ulster probably trained together the previous week, and most of the mm. team that played against will play against Munster and did play against Munster will be trained together uh, this week. So you can still rotate your team, and the fact you got to win by changing other face is great because you have a rotated team. But it's not been um, fragmented or dispersed. Hmm. I think um, the uh, the rotation should like prove quite important in the semi there because I feel like fitness wise, the way Monster have the six day turnaround, five five, five, day, five day turnaround, sorry, yep. five day in fact, and uh, they've kind of gone with. The, not the same exact same team, but a lot of the same players three weeks in a row. 
And then with the whole coronavirus situation, like fitness could well be an issue, especially match fitness. So our guys being fresh, I think, will be... Uh... Of course, they could also be... Game ready. Yeah. Get game hardened. <laughs> iron sharpens iron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what they'd be telling themselves. <laughs> uh, First the, captaincy um, for Ed Byrne was uh, another notable... Yeah, he has captained the A-team, but it was the first... For the senior oh. team, he impressed me. Isn't it weird how like you, you don't notice a guy until you're told to notice him? Like when the commentary team said, or when they were running out, like, "Oh, it's first captaincy for Ed Byrne," and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting." And then I was like paying attention to everything he did. And I was like, "This guy's actually quite a good player," you know? Like he, he's just coasting yeah. along, doing his doing his job basically normally. And yeah, it was nice to see. One thing I didn't understand though was. Uh, they seem to go with Ross Maloney a lot, say, within the last year and a half as captain, and mm. now they haven't. I just don't really understand. Why would, might that be? Is it just... Oh, this is probably said. Spread the love. It could be that. It could be that um, Ebert and Press. Like, it, it doesn't matter too badly if you're... Um, like, who the, who the captain is, if you've got that leadership group around you. Yep. Yeah. Um... Or maybe it's just like a, a reward kind of thing. If he is a captaincy material and he can he's performing well in training stuff, so give him the captaincy as a as a boost and a, he performed. It worked. Yeah, yeah. He put on weight over the the lockdown. And you can see it, he was definitely more physical and he's crummaged quite well. Uh Bo Byrne brothers were always very skillful. Mm. But they were they're kind of small for front rowers. So it's good to see him uh, impose himself physically in that game. Did he? Did he put on meaningful weight now? Yes, on, muscle. Unlike some people, <laughs> Marty Moore, <laughs> who came on and played well in fairness to him, showing uh, that I know nothing about rugby. He was on for about ten minutes and he looked shot. <laughs> Out there, looking he, like... he held the scrum well and he did some uh, interventions around. <laughs> interventions. <laughs> he is a big man. Yes, but it was, uh, I thought both sub props looked good for Leinster when he came on, especially Clark- um, yeah, Clarkson and Milne. Especially Milne carried um, quite effectively. Mm. Um, and for the back row, Deegan had about twenty carries. Mm. Uh, Josh Murphy did a typical Josh Murphy game of a uh, lot work. of lot of graft and work. Mm. Gave away a penalty and then managed to get the ball at the line the mall next time after. When you say Deegan had twenty carries, do you have the stats there in front of you? I do. He, he had nineteen, so basically close twenty. Close enough. For what yards? Uh thirty-three meters. It's not bad. It's not not bad. He had two turnovers and five tackles as well, so got, shifted through a lot of work. There. I didn't I didn't notice such a like I I wasn't like unimpressed, but I did, he didn't stand out to me. If you know, that's actually quite impressive. Yeah. Two turnovers, especially. And Connors gave a performance, which got him onto the Leinster starting team. Yep, nineteen. Abs- it's absolutely crazy how good he is a at chopping down people. Yep. And um, <laughs> this has become a bit of a running theme with me, but I always mention the articles in the 42.ie. Mm. There's a great one from Mark Inside. He goes through all the tackles. And he misses one. They're just absolutely almost like chop tackles, but he managed mm. to wrap at the very lowest point. Mm. And just consistently doing that robs some of so much momentum. 
Are you going to beat Brock Harrier? Oh, he's getting them down, and he's just constantly getting them down. And he's on his feet very quickly after it. So Lencer. Thing I don't get about the chop tackle is, does it not present? I I understand you can use a second man, but it won't always be available. Does it not just present a big opportunity for offloads? I not it not does, every player can offload. Like yeah, um, sometimes the opposition won't be in a position to get an offload or throw an offload. Like you always want to chop someone down real quickly, so mm. like they have to throw the ball straight away. Yeah, yeah the, way, the way he's hitting them. Do you think then that could be like say a weakness to his game almost? No, it's a strength I mean, and the weakness. It's on someone else to get the tackle. Because I'd, I'd look at Dale Ende, say who who was better last week. He uh, he actually looked some some of his handoffs and stuff against uh, Connacht were. I know it's like second string Connacht fucking people, but yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he's getting space where the week before he wasn't. So I I think like say if Connors is chop tackling him or whatever and leaving his offloady free he might uh he might strike so you don't think it's a potential strength and weakness and it's pure strength no no it's 100 percent a strength um the, the option is tackling high to stop the the offload and you might do that or you might get bounced or you mm. might get you lose the physical battle and then once 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 someone makes the yards off the first carry or second carry you're done yeah if they do that you're you're gonna be on your back foot the rest of it and they're gonna score um it's on the rest of the team to to march yeah. people to offer yeah, yeah, go to yeah, or yeah. Okay, so I, uh, Dan Lydius made a whole career out of chop tackling people, yeah. so and a fairly successful one too. So uh, hopefully, Will Connors when, when, can. When you look back at Lydius tackles, a lot of them were like borderline, like oh, there's chops, like there's yeah. there's shoulder to yeah torpedo, uh, no yeah. arms. That's what I want to see, Rob. I want to see blown out <laughs> knees. And Connors can offer me that. So. No, no, Connors. You, you need to stop using your arms. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you have no arms when you're tackling. Uh, could be great. But, let's see. There's a little fact about Clarkson. Yep. The first um, player born in the 2000s to play Lencer. Yes. If you will enjoy that. Clarks? Clarkson. Okay. I feel like such a sham when I don't know all these new guys. I feel like uh, I should be given a dossier of like, <laughs> names and told who to watch. But um, I thought set piece is a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Tony gives you. And uh, just an all-around good performance. Like Leinster didn't need to win this. Nope. Like Ulster didn't need to win it either, but they, they, they wanted it. And I was very happy that because these are the guys that basically won the league for Leinster or won the first boss for Leinster. Yeah. And they managed to um, continue that streak. What, I think Ulster are a bit worried now. What, what, um, what, what do you think it says about um, Leo Cullen and Stuart Lancaster that uh, they've gone the regular season in the Pro 14 unbeaten? I think it's an incredible achievement. Like, there's a lot of times when mm. the ball bounced our way, we got to rub the green, all that cliches. Yeah, like, but you don't do that way of being a very good team. Mm. And I can always have the counter arguments that if the season progressed as normal, they wouldn't have um, they wouldn't have got that uh, mm. perfect winning regular season. But it, they played they played every game and they won every game. 
yep. they played. So it's it's an incredible amount of depth for Leinster, mm. uh, combined with a great coaching staff that led to this uh, achievements. But at the same time, like a lot of the there's very few teams in the Pro 14 that can actually challenge Leinster. Yes, I would totally agree with that. Well, there um, might be a few think, more joining. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think Scarlet's have declined mm-hmm. from where they were a couple of years ago. I think Glasgow have declined from a couple of years or a year ago. Edinburgh have gone back up to where they were when Cockrell got them into shape. Mm. And Munster are pretty much the same. They they should be stronger now, but they lost one of their signings already. Mm. Ulster are better than they were a few years ago, but worse than they were, like, say, six or seven years ago. Mm. Uh, Connacht look like they're coming back into it now, but for the last couple of years, they, were, they weren't the same team they were under Pat Lamb. Italian teams, Zebra got a bit better this year, but Teresa got worse. Mm. And the Welsh team, the rest of the Welsh teams are either improving like dragons or just crashing like Ospreys. Yep. Yeah, it it does say a lot about Leinster's depth. I think that's what it, the, yeah. a lot of it, a lot of it comes from. Yeah. Like Rob, you, you phrased the question in a coaching <laughs> manner. I think it's more of a depth thing for mm. me, anyway. You know, it, if if every team uh, in the Pro 14 had the depth that we had, but obviously different coaching systems, I think there's no way any team could go an unbeaten season. True. You know, what I mean? Leinster would probably be top. Which yeah, but whereas I think if every team had the coaching system we did, no, that makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) I I I think it's a perfect combination of both. We have really good coaching and incredible depth, so it's it's combined to this perfect kind of system, and also a coaching that a style of coaching that Mm. allows you to use such depth. Yes, absolutely. Because remember a few like remember the Matt O'Connor years and there there were serious complaints about oh we weren't starting new guys we we signed like Lottie Chikiri and Zane Kircher don't forget about him yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, Joe Smith signed him but he played under Matt O'Connor listen yeah. here now if you badmouth Joe Smith again I'll badmouth uh... him as much as I want <laughs> but Leo Colton is what are you calling the most amount of people get um, most many young players get played and mm-hmm. for the most amount of time. Um, yes. Mole had a great article about this a year or two ago examining it and basically mm-hmm. Cheka played his internationals when he could mm-hmm. and then just threw out like teams full of kids with a couple of pro like seasoned pros like Jackman or O'Kelly or something like that yes and then you get hammered by the Dragons or something but like you'd still you're still playing academy mm-hmm. players even if it's not uh, the best uh, Joe Smith Generally, got um, young players game time, mm-hmm. uh, more so than Cheka. But Joe, Joe Smith started turning into a longer season than Cheka because it turned into the Pro 12 then. Yep. The additional Italian teams. And then Matt O'Connor played them the least by a golden margin. He only really played um, players where he had to. Like for, uh, Furlong got a good bit of game time, and Marty Moore did. Mm-hmm. But that was cause Ross was either Ross towards the end of his career, um, 
and we didn't really have anyone else. We had Bent, he came around that time as well. But there's only a couple like forwards like that and Ruddock who and Ringrose, they are the tr- the people who got time under under um Matt O'Connor. Mm. Then like people like Dara Fanning who's like a twenty seven year old winger. Yes. And he got like twenty caps a season or something. Mick McGrath, I think, uh, AIL legend, um, was was starting for us in, in Europe, I think. Possibly. He played against Munster last year if he got to the Munster match, the European yeah. match after. Yeah. Like he, got was, a few ga- he got games, but Dara Fanning was a core piece of the team. Mm. I see that Dara Fanning guy around town just doing odd jobs. and so <laughs> My God, how the mighty have fallen. That's mad, he, though. He's... Played for Leinster. He scored tries for Leinster. I know, yeah. And he does like uh he's basically a handyman now as far as I can see. Fixing like uh shelving and stuff. <laughs> I mean you can you have to work. I'm not laughing at the guy for making a living, but it's just it's a weird contrast to see this guy who I went to, yeah, to watch. watch. Well, he was only there for like a couple of seasons. I know, but it's it's still like I to see him as you know, you see a professional sports person as somehow being like this I don't know, wealthy Playboy kind of who can afford anything, you know. Like, what I mean? Two and seasons then, and he didn't get captain internationally, so yeah. I think it's just I have this when I think of a professional sports player, I think of footballer, so it's kind of like it's obviously different. I mean, yeah. like he's probably just making like what 50 grand a year or something. I don't, I don't know, but not a bit to, more, probably. But yeah, not enough say, to live the lifestyle that I would imagine he could anyway. But yeah, I'm glad we uh we're not in those drudgery yeah. times and... anymore. Leo Cullen gives him loads of time. And there's an interesting thing where um, Leo Lancaster says he'd play the same team every week if he could. Yeah. Well, this rotational thing comes in from Leo Cullen. So he rotates constantly. Mm. And I think that's a real strength of Leinster that, they, first of all, they do it and they can continue doing it because they've done it already. Like, Yeah, no one's going to call him out. It- it's an established thing now at this point. So yeah. if he continues to do it and it, say, starts to wobble a bit, no one's going to call him on it yeah. because it's already shown that it can be successful. Whereas if you got the wobble right at the start when you started doing it, then you kind of be like, hang on a sec, maybe don't do this. But yeah, he's shown That's now. He got a bit of... Like, it wasn't like he threw like, 20 youngsters into a 23 yeah, or something. Yeah. It was, But he definitely played... Youngsters at the start, and some people were questioning. Not really. Like there was a lot of a lot of time for Leo Cullen at the start of his Leinster career because it was a bit early for him, and he wasn't Matt O'Connor. <laughs> that was but, the number one selling point. To the man. <laughs> it was, it really was. <laughs> it was selling point to the the board was people who weren't uh, buying season tickets. Yep. Hey, what the fuck happened to Matt O'Connor? I know he was in Leicester for a long time again, uh, and then Leicester went down the tubes. Yes, um, he, was, he refused to like quit or something. <laughs> no, he didn't show the trade. It was a weird thing at the what end. Though? He signed a new contract with Leicester, and then in preseason he didn't show up. Or like, I can't remember the exact story. But, like, was he, he just he a won- spoofer? Like, what? How did he get spoofer, where he got? To get to a level in rugby, you'll mm-hmm. always get another chance as a coaching job, like because you've got the credentials. Yeah, and someone says, "Well, this guy's been around. He's available. Let's hire him." Like. Look at these credentials. <laughs> yeah. Like Joe Smith. If Joe Smith wants, he'll get a job 
like a head coach job somewhere. Yeah, and he, he will for the next like twenty years. Yeah, J- Joe Smith could never win another game, and he'd still get a head coach job. That's how yeah, I would look yeah, at it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, I wonder how much, how long they like say Joe Smith, how long they would give him as as a you give him a year he, or two. If and you then went into a successful club that expects success, yeah, and then he lost like every single game for <laughs> half a season. <laughs> Was was they just <laughs> you see mad shit like to the point that they're questioning if he had a stroke or something? <laughs> What's that? Yeah, is this Joe Schmidt or is this just Matt O'Connor in a disguise? But uh, yeah, I wonder how how quickly they'd see pull, past the credentials and, and see if some form form of sanity. All right, but back back to the the the, the Leinster game. From memory lane. The the what? Away from memory lane. Yes, away from memory lane. I, yeah. So Leinster obviously impressive what they've done during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, quick thing about Ulster. I wouldn't be overly concerned, but I would be slightly concerned that they've lost a lot, lost a little bit of momentum over the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, now it could be that they perform against Edinburgh, like even if. Um, Ulster lose the next two games against Edinburgh yeah. to lose. If they put in good performances and it's close, I think you'd be happy enough with them. Mm. But if they play like they did against College and Leinster and just kind of limp out, that's really disappointing. Mm. If they're not to that level yet where they're for silverware, I would like agree. They, uh, McFarland came in and really changed things around, got more players in, got rid of the players he didn't want, and started getting them to playoffs again. But uh, I think their their limit is quarterfinals. Mm. After sorry, semifinals in this case because it's a truncated mm. league. But I think because they're missing a few people to injury, and they haven't been, they have no momentum. A good performance against Ulster against Edinburgh, and a good performance against Toulouse, and I think that's that's kind of what you can best you can hope for. I don't think they're going to win either of those matches. Yeah, I would. I would agree with that. I thought that thirteen John Hume, sorry James Hume, looked quite a quite a prospect. Yeah. Literally my first time noticing him, but uh, I think shocked. he came on for his first start in that crazy game uh, Christmas against Leinster. Did was he the one who threw, or was it Stewart or someone? He threw like a a behind the pass at the back. Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't remember who did it, but I remember the pass. Uh, he seems he seems to get yards quite quite easily. So uh, yeah, I'd like to keep an eye on him. Like Darren Cave has kind of had a stranglehold on that thirteen jersey in uh, Ulster for. I think Marshall is their first choice thirteen now. I think they're they're missing him quite a lot defensively. I think he ties that back line together defensively. Who? Uh, what's Marshall? Yeah, Luke Luke Marshall. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I I think uh, I just I don't know. You never you never wowed me like. I, I don't I just have this mentality where I expect every player to be like a world class <laughs> do it all sort of person and when someone's not that I'm like get rid of him. Get rid of him and bring in someone that's world class. Keep keep going until you get a world class player. Do you know the only player I can think of that I that I had loads of time for uh, that wasn't world class. Maybe you guys would argue he was, but uh, is Shane Jennings. <laughs> I just love that. I wouldn't guy. say he's world class now, or even international class, but he did a job for Leinster. Yes, it was a do a job kind of guy. <laughs> he was the one player that, like, I was like, yeah, I appreciate the jobs that he does. And yeah, I, I should try and, I don't know, 
more of a less of a star centric mentality, I suppose. So yeah, but James Hume, one to watch. I think he uh, seemed good. Yeah. You uh, watched the whole Monster Iconic match, Rob. So just before we leave, I thought um, at fullback it was very impressive. Stockdale. Well, Stockdale. Thank you. I was I forgot his name. <laughs> I was frantically planning out that sentence. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, he performed yeah. well after my criticism of his fullback play, <laughs> and he played well in fairness before, the week before. Um, yeah. Looks like he might be a bit injured at the moment, so that's unfortunate. I tell you, he looked happy enough after the match. Now, um, like when they were doing the walk around or whatever, he didn't seem to be limping or anything, and he was smiling and kind of chatting away. No, I mean like you can be injured and be smiling and chatting away, but he didn't look worried or, you know, what I mean you can kind of sense from players sometimes and. I didn't get that, so uh, it's hard to tell. Yeah, we'll see tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> All right, we we go quickly through the monster Connacht one. Um, yeah, uh, two red cards, Rob. What do you make? So this one was interesting. In the in the moment, I was like, um, I was kind of a, a bit tepid about whether they were actually red cards, but looking back, I think the first one, hmm. it, it it is. It's probably high, so then it's like if it's high, then yeah, it's probably it is definitely a red card. The second one, yeah, by the by the by the letter of the law, which is the way it should be refed, is is probably red as well. Um, I'm not sure about the first one now. I understand the letter of the law thing with the second one, but mm. I couldn't see contact with shoulder to head. Like I just couldn't see it, no the, matter the how fir- many times I watched it. The first one is tricky because Conor Murray is hit so hard that his like neck snaps back. And it yeah. looks, it looks like it's a big hit, and it is. It's like it's, it's borderline high. It's not. I didn't think it was. Direct it rides contact. up. It just yeah. it rides up, which makes it. His shoulder then appears close to his head, but it, to me, it should be like direct contact, first yeah. point of contact kind of thing is red, and then maybe bad instances where it slides up is maybe yellow, and I, then I think- like. Whatever we saw, I think maybe like penalty only for me. I think the size difference, coupled with yeah. the fact that the guy who tackled him was an Islander. Yes, I'm saying it. Some referees have <laughs> racial bias against Island players. Black Lives Matter, lads. Come on, <laughs> bring it to rugby. This, this Saidi or what was his name? Papili or something like that. Papili. Yeah. He was. He was like. Whoa. He was one I man. He was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he was carrying Connacht and. Uh, he was getting like yards, knocking people back. He's phenomenal. Turnovers, everything, everything you want from a good back row. And then, ah, I, like, I don't think he went out there to hurt anyone. Like, I mean, mm. he just rode up. And well, conspiracy theorist in me says this Irish referee from the higher ups was told, <laughs> "Listen, make this happen. We need Monster to get through here." What, like, am I mad for thinking that? <laughs> no, well, I think the, the red cards are probably fair enough. But my question is, first of all, I don't like an ex-player. Yes. Reffing, like, okay, he played for Connors Both a lot teams. more than he played for Munster. Yeah. Mm. But I don't understand is why he's Munster branch, I think. Yeah. Well, he's refing a Munster game. Yeah, it's it's kind of like basics 101. I know he, like, he, he isn't biased, but... This, I just don't understand why they can't get another ref to yeah. do it. It's just, it, it, this is just a separate point from this match entirely. But it's a Pro 14 thing where like, you spend a few hundred euro to get a get a neutral ref. 
Well, yeah. this could be one benefit of South African teams joining, maybe, is the whole refing contingent will let me add it. It will not, sorry, it will be horrible. <laughs> um, this increased by 1,000 pretty much. Why? This is the ref against you. The South African refs are notoriously biased, especially in South Africa. Yeah. It's super I, rugby seen, that happens. But, well, can they not just then like add it, add them into the pool, but then have them only ref games with no South African teams? Well, that's what, yeah, that'd be great, but I don't think it will happen. For yeah. some reason, the Pro 14 don't spend that extra flight tickets to get a neutral. Like, even a touch judges are local or yeah. branch. That's fine, in my opinion. But like, <laughs> like you can definitely get like a an Ulster ref, an Ulster ref for that match. Did, did you, yeah, but did you guys think like I know Munster were the better team and all, but it felt like from minute one he just. Oh, I don't like Frank uh, Murphy as a ref, mm. as, as aside from where he's from or not. And I just, I just understand why Munster, whenever someone plays Munster, the cards against him spike. Yeah, hmm. he was the guy who gave James Lowe a red card in that one in 2018. No way, was he? Like a fair enough decision. But like Connex gave away like ten penalties in that first ten minutes, and I, I, even if these things are individually warranted, it just I understand why Penley can't skyrocket. I don't think he has the, yeah. the control for a derby. I get what you're saying. Maybe by by penalising more, he's trying to exercise that control because I think that's the way some refs look at. If if I slow this game down enough, <laughs> I'm well. In you put your mark on the game early on, but it doesn't seem like when he's reffing these derbies, it seems to be more cards than anyone else, hmm. and more penalties. One one big thing for note of me, I, I gave up watching soon after the second red, yeah. but uh, was the turnover game seemed big from Munster, which is something that. I would be quite worried about actually looking at our team there mm. for the match. Yeah, uh, they um, played close A. Stander, uh, Omani, Burn. Uh, Burn, yeah. I mean, and literally, these guys are all good on the ground. And you could see they were really targeting Con- that area. And I don't know if it was because Connacht were just unable or unwilling to defend it, but uh, it was clear to me that Munster went out knowing that this was plan or not, like targeting that area. And it was. It was a bit scary looking forward to tomorrow. Like, uh, bearing in mind though that this monster team was the closest, the strongest team they could put out, mm. and this Con- this is a second Connick team, and Connick have the weakest squad of each every province probably. Yeah, it, it was just that dominant at the breakdown that I would. Uh, it just caused me to stop, stop and take stock. Like you know, um, well, it's definitely it's definitely going to be a big. Uh, I wouldn't say worry, but a, con- a concern of, of contention. Yes, that's, this is what they're going to try against us tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the areas that, like, they probably have the edge. In fact, is like jackal. Now, Not necessarily <laughs> all, all around breakdown, but just the jackal area. I think is they're probably like. I mean, Will Connors. Yeah, he can chop tackle for days, but is he a turnover merchant? I so this is a good time to move on to next tomorrow's game, if no yes. one has anything to say about No, I, I just wanted to yeah. uh, drag Frank Murphy's name through the mud there and say <laughs> he got a big sack of cash to make Monster win. But anyway. You do it for free, Dave. 
<laughs> you guys are getting paid. <laughs> um, I suppose the team that Munster put out for yeah, tomorrow yeah, is similar enough, but um, Holland is in for Witcherly. Yes. And Jack O'Donoghue is in for Clota. Both of those draw a drop to the bench. Yes. Um, there's a, a lot of jackling that, in that that's... team. Yes, Tyg Baron, Peter O'Mahony, CJ Sander, and O'Donoghue is not terrible at it either. Hmm. So be- between them, um, there's there should be a lot of work at the breakdown to keep their keep them out of it. Who is the ref? Do we know? Brace, uh, who was the ref two weeks ago? Andrew Brace. Yeah. Okay. Um, see on the breakdown. <laughs> he gave them, gave them a lot, and not us, us not much. All right. So uh, balance of averages, we should win the match then. Okay. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. <laughs> um, but um. Like okay, so one thing I don't get about our team, right? Yeah, yeah, is why you would have Van der Fleer on the bench. I, he, his thing, his, to me, it's not his only thing, but to me, his thing is his engine, and to get the most out of someone like that, you have the man from minute one. Yeah, but he is still a very good player, um, and he has come on. Have Deegan. Deegan offers more as to me. Deegan offers more as a sub than Van der Fleer offers as a sub. Except for maybe in in the experience field, which might be why he's there. Like you know, Vanderfleer is better on the ground, I think, than Deegan. Absolutely, and he's more experienced. And but I, 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 I look at no one else. I look at no one else on as, the team is a dedicated seven in the bench. Yeah, yeah. I just look at subs like big ball carrier. Come, no, but they come on and inject like some level of. Magic, I guess, would be one word. And I think Deegan has more of that. Uh, we overuse this term here, but X factor. That if, if we are behind, he can come on and do some weird shit in attack that maybe not many other people could do or would be willing to do. Like, I, I don't know, is Van der Fleer an attacking minded guy? To me, he oh, seems he more like a defensive. He'll run great lines. And at this level, and especially when he comes on and there's going to be tired legs. He'll be able to run against soft shoulders and up the pace in that direction. Um, I think you're probably like a three-way shootout between himself, uh, Ruddock, and Deegan. And they probably said, well, cover seven. Fardy can cover six if they get injured. Yeah. Mm. And we have two eights on the team, essentially. So, And he's playing well. Like It was a I think it's the right decision to start um, Will Connors. Connors. Yeah. But it's also because Van der Fleer was playing poorly. Mm. Van der Fleer played quite well against Munster. I just think yeah. it's my lack of new ability to think in a nuanced way. I just see him as one thing. And then if they use him in another way, i.e. off the bench, it kind of yeah. like... Well, there was, that was a similar stuff. reasoning to uh, Levy and himself, that Levy's explosive carrier and he could change a game. Mm. But... It turns out Van der Fleer can yeah. as well. Like they, they switched, um, and he still get good value out of all of them. So what I will say is, uh, like we we mentioned Van der Fleer at the breakdown a fair bit when we talk about him, and, uh, and we've described his impact there as I suppose lightweight, maybe a bit. So they might be looking at that. To what what is the one area I think where Munster can maybe get a big advantage over us and saying okay. 
we think maybe Van der Fleer doesn't offer the heft to clear these guys out or you know, he's clearly he's, he he knows what he's doing, but you might want a bigger guy doing it, I think. Well Connor isn't he's taller, but he's not heavier that much. No. Um I, I, it's not a reason I'd pick him over Van der Fleer. Mm, mm. He's in there because he's he's chopping everyone down. And that's what Leinster that's a contrast between the team. Like Leinster won't go for the poach um that often. But they just rather hit the guy and spread it quickly. So there's a blue wall stopping any Yep. C- commit no one to the rook. Yeah. Sometimes they do. Uh, yeah. they, but they pick their pick their moments. Well, once they'll be attacking the rook a lot. Which means there's more space. Technically there should be uh, more space out there. But just looking at the packs, like there's not many carriers in that monster pack. Which is a kind of um it's a bit unusual. it's not unusual, it's a bit puzzling why Witcherly wasn't picked. Mm. In that case, because I think like yeah, Billy Holland is a great all-around player. He's like the glue that holds a pack together, mm. and he'd be probably calling the lineouts. But like that front row isn't particularly strong ball carrying. Uh, Peter Manny isn't. Uh, Billy Holland is. So it's it's on Burn, Stander, and O'Donoghue was not the biggest either. Well, if you compare that to like Lens, the front row, Lens is really good carriers. Toner isn't. Fardy's decent. Well, Doris and uh, Conan can both carry tight and in the in the loose. So that's a sizable difference there, I think. And I think the Lancer scrum would be a good bit better than the the Munster one. Well, here's how I see Munster beating us. Looking at the teams here now, actually, is okay. So we have Larmore at fifteen. Yep. Who's uh? Who's known to make errors? I just see them kicking it to us all day, and then just like baiting the shit out of us at breakdowns in our own half and winning penalties. That's, Could that's do. what I reckon. That's, that's, what, that's, that's, that's why Billy Holland's in there to get their lineouts. So you get the turnover, kick it down, and then use that to attack from. So, so I, well, I think they don't. They don't want the ball, really. Like, uh, not in their half, probably. Yeah, I, I think they're they're, they're going to be playing a low. And I think yeah, they'll be chasing a lot of, lot of box kicks from. Mm. And they can use their two big centers, who seem to be grown. Uh, developing partnership. That's a much better way of describing it. The longer they they're playing with each other, so they'll have that go for them. But yeah, um, uh, like honestly, if they can play that well, I I see that tactic potentially beating us. Like, yeah, but um, if we shore up, like we're not going to give away. Well, I hope we don't. It's the same way to penalties mm. as we did last time. And you imagine the back three, uh, the back line as a whole, be more organised. Plus the line out with toner in it, and yeah, yeah, the fact yeah. that it has to be worked on. Like, there's two weeks of us getting rid of the cobwebs. Like that, that's also applying to Munster as well. They'll be sharper as well. Mm. But they've lost three starting players to injury. Well, we've lost one. Who have we lost? Uh, Dave Kearney, I'd say he'd be starting if he was first. Oh, on. yeah, geez, that was the most important thing I was supposed to mention. <laughs> Dave Kearney's absence. He was, our, he was our best wing this year. No, I mean, he's, he, I was he's kind of getting about how bad James Lowe was. Yeah. Mm. Like, he had very little positive and a lot of bad. So, hopefully, like, that won't hit twice again. Probably just he had so much manic energy built up over the, <laughs> the lockdown period the lockdown. that. Uh, 
So it just all just exploded out. out and made him into some sort of mental <laughs> crazy person. More so than usual, anyway. But uh, yeah, he's he hopefully will uh, up his game. I, I'm I'm looking at our team, and I mean, aside like what kind of tactics would we try and implement? I can see how Monster want to play it, but with us, I think we'll definitely just... target their their scrum. Yeah. Um, their lineouts as well. Not targeted, but like we'll be much more competitive in the lineouts. Yeah. I think we'll have a similar kicking game like we saw last couple of weeks, where it's. A lot of chips, a lot of short things. Yeah, I, I, I'd we'll, like we'll use a lot of that. that attack. That was good. I'd li- I like that stuff. Hopefully, uh, uh, do you know what? I don't know why it bothers me, but and he's never going to take it out of his game. But like, say, in these clinch situations, it. Uh, do you know when we get a penalty and Johnny just kicks it up? Like, yeah. Does that not annoy the shit out of you? It does, but what? Like, what is what is the for, what is the for Leicester? That he does for Ireland, yeah. But I, I think it's just basically you want you want the goal, the shot at goal, and let's kick it up and hope something happens. Well, it's a complete do other things. It's not like you're forced to kick it up. I know, but like you don't necessarily want to do other things. Maybe okay. Like you don't want to go through twenty phases, lose advantage, and lose the ball. Yeah. Like you're probably better to set up at lineouts or take a shot at goal or whatever. But it is a lack of imagination, because mm. um, you can't break because. The reason we have the penalty is that we can't score the try. Mm. So we can't break them down. So why as well just throw something up there, hope for the best. If nothing happens, it doesn't matter. We still have a shot or shot. So it's, it's just basically a dice roll, essentially. Yeah. Yep. And you, you, yep. The worst the worst happens is you have the penalty. The best thing happens is like it, they mess it up and you get the ball deep into their 22 or you get a scrum or yes, a better position. So uh, how many times do you think CJ Stander and Sexton will have Clash collided by minute five. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be down to it out there. It's running into each other all day. I want to see imagine, more of that. Imagine oh. um, it'll be Connors hitting his legs all day long. Yep. Go for the knees. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a big game for him and Keaton. The biggest game so far. Yes, it's good absolutely. to see them being rewarded for it. And uh, fun fact both of those players, uh, Connors and Keenan, um, uh, both were in the Ireland Sevens squad. Oh, that cool. is a fun fact. Yes. So it's just interesting that there is some. And Shane Daly, the Munster fullback, also was in the Sevens squad and played a bit of Sevens. So it's. I'm not saying Sevens is responsible for all of their development. Oh, it, but... it shows that it has some value to. Yes, it definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Shane Daly actually is an interesting one because. Um, played well last few games. Yeah, for me, it's hard to get a grip on him because it's it's one of those positions where if you're if you're bad, you get found out pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. But then it's kind of like he hasn't blown me away. But then again, I'm like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If he just yeah, turns yeah. into this very solid, good basic fullback, that's that's not a bad place to start. Well, you say that, and I agree because, like, look at Rob Kearney. How many people has he has he blown away in the last like ten years? Say. You know, I mean, ten years old. He got his, European Player of the Year. But did he get European Player of the Year because he was solid? No, he's absolutely tearing it up that season. It's yeah, only his last few years where his, his only solidness he brought. Like he, 
in that 2012 game against Claremont, like he was dropping goals from halfway. Yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was scored, he setting up tries. Like he was absolutely incredible that season. So but it's only really last few years where he's been the steady, dependable guy. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it's always been a criticism against him. Not criticism, but other provinces would have a fullback say like, um, there's always Tierney or Haller in a comic, so they would be backing him against Carney. Um, Isa would be against him in Leinster. Uh, Zebo against him and Earls against him in Munster. And then Ulster would have like Addison, Payne, uh, Gilroy once. Like these people, yeah, everyone would have a stake in seeing Carney not perform. Yeah. Because he wasn't the most attractive player. Like he wasn't tearing it up. <laughs> but there's a reason, like. He's basically been uh, indispensable for every coach he's had. That's only la- last year where he's been uh, so, dropped. So, Rob, would you rather see like a Jordan Lamour kind of fullback or a Shane Daly kind of guy? Like, what, what would be your preference? See, that's the tricky thing. Um, Bearing in mind, we haven't seen loads of Shane Daly, so we can't yes, say like. Yes. <laughs> that, that's kind of my point with Shane Daly. It's kind of like if I was Lencer, I, I'd, I'd be wanting to figure out who he is what what can he do like is he i haven't seen him had to i'm not saying we should just kick it up kick it up and up and under and see if he can catch a high ball but i don't know stretch him out a bit stretch him yeah see what he can do, see what he's got yeah that's not it's never a bad idea yep because like i'm always that. i'm always just it, it's just one of those positions where if if a team can sense a weakness in that first maybe five to ten minutes um they can ruthlessly exploit it, I think. And it happens like a lot of teams. Like they'll, they'll try it out early on. And if he knocks on or doesn't deal with it, they keep doing it. But if he's okay with it, they'll, they'll move on to the next. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any other, any other ins- things you want to talk about in that game? Uh, I don't think so. I think Leinster will win. I'm not sure how this is going to pan out. Like I, I can see this being like a, a really hard fought, even mm. possible loss. But I can also see it like Leinster just outclassed them. Like they, they had their shot last time and they yep. missed too many players and Leinster just tear it up because they're now ready on the home streak for finals and Saracens. So I, I say Leinster to win. I think Edinburgh are going to win. I think it's two home wins. I think uh, this has the perfect banana skin feel to me. Like I think a lot of people probably, I know the match two weeks ago was quite close, but I think a lot of people, and maybe rightly so, see Lancer as just being almost in a different class at this point than Munster. They are. <laughs> they haven't lost yeah. a game. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think when you, when you, when people start thinking that way, it's the perfect time for... I know, the, but it's been a perfect time for the last uh, several years and Munster still haven't been ah, in the game. I, I really feel now, more so than ever, there's just a whole gulf in quality that maybe wasn't there to such a degree before um i just have bad feelings about it i mean so yeah i, like, I also think leinster will win but i it wouldn't shock me at all if if monster won mm. rob what's what's your take um i remember a few months ago i when i was thinking about i was thinking about the last leinster monster game and i, I kind of drew parallels to the crow park game in 2009 and I was like, I was trying to make the point that 
there comes these moments where there's you have these huge games where it looks like on paper this team should win and they should just continue on their role and they're unstoppable and and then all of a sudden it can only take one game and it can derail the whole thing. Mm. I don't think that's going to happen. But um it's an interesting thing. I think I think it's from a monster point of view, I think they'll be encouraged by two weeks ago and that they'll go into this game thinking that they can win um but whether they do it i don't think so i I still look at um i look at at their tight five in particular their their front five as just being um a step down from what leinster can do yeah anything else Oh, the the Edinburgh Ulster game. You're, I'll, I'll go for uh, yeah, home wins on that. I think Ulster are just yeah. um, not at the right pitch. Now, if they they might be able to, and if yeah. they do, it would be great um, rebuttal to their critics and a, a great shot in the arm for the the team. And even if they lose against Leinster in the, the final, that's well, that's okay. Like if, if you if you go away to a hard place like Edinburgh and win, mm. but yeah, I I don't see it. What what's your guys' prediction for um where the final will be held? Because that's not probably, confirmed. Yet. Probably Ireland. Aviva probably. Yeah. Yeah. It Let might just be. Team. It might be just the enemy and now kind of thing, but I would think uh, like I don't know a whole lot about Edinburgh right now, so I think uh, I I couldn't possibly see Ulster being us in the final, but oh like. Edinburgh is kind of, to me at least, this unknown element. So they have the best defense in the league in terms of tries conceded. I think Lens are very close. Um, they like the, Richard Cockrell has turned them into like a hard-nosed team. It's good mall, very good defense. Um, they're not like an, an attacking team like Scarlets were when they won it, or even Glasgow when they won it. Mm. But I, I think they they probably lack like this all-round game to beat Lancer. Like. They're painting themselves as like underdogs. Mm. And they said like they're probably the least fancy of the four teams in the in the uh, playoffs. I think they're I think they're better than Ulster in a in a one off game. And they mm. have been over the course of a season, so but I, I think the fact they haven't really done anything in Europe in the last few years, like they had a chance against Munster in the quarterfinal. Oh yeah. And they got loads of penalties and they didn't take any of them. They play really slow, so it wasn't really weird their game plan last time. Um, I'd probably prefer to play them over Munster, really? but I prefer to play Ulster over any of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, like these are all good teams. Like they're, they're it's not like a Dragons or a yeah something like that where they have serious uh, weaknesses. But none of the um, uh, every team who's won the Pro 14 has been really good. Like you what? can say this competition isn't that great, but over the last ten years, like any team that's actually won it, we even mm. got to the final has been a good team. Like, mm. so you're saying like, Ulster be, aren't going to win? Probably not. Like, <laughs> even if they beat, like maybe this is what kickstarts like a great um, run for them. But even if they beat uh, Edinburgh, they have to go beat Munster or Ulster or Leinster, about good teams. So it's only mm. so much Cooney, Coatsia, and Stockdale can do. <laughs> Yep. I think that's a good uh <laughs> good place to leave it then, yeah. Rapid point. 
Okay. Cool. All right. Goodbye. Best of luck. <laughs>